Hi, I'm Teresa Hudson, the coordinator of the Community Information Centre in Townsville. Across 2021, the CIC created its first ever podcast called Brave. And our mission was to find people in the North Queensland communities of Townsville, Charters Towers and Winton, and give them opportunities to tell their stories of everyday bravery. We could have gone on indefinitely, but this episode for now is our last, and I want to recap some of what we have learned in this journey. This podcast was recorded across the lands of the Gujal, Kowa, Bindal and Woolgarugaba people. The Community Information Centre would like to pay its respects to the traditional custodians of this land. I mean, it's it's a huge learning thing um, and you learn every day about, you know, there's all the different parts of it. That was Helen Lynn, my colleague and our first brave guest, who I spoke with about the background of the podcast and her time as a cafe owner. As I prepared for the series then, I was so excited about what was to come, but I was also a little bit worried. We would be hearing from people with difficult stories and I was really anxious that I would come out of the interviews feeling defeated and deflated. But I quickly realised that wouldn't be the case. Some of the people we spoke to had been through hell, but what kept them going was their persistent stubbornness, positivity and resilience to get back up and go again. So for our listeners, we hope that the stories we shared can help connect you to a support, inspire you to get back up and build your resilience as well. Early on in the series, I met Michael Bully, and after his interview was when I felt a sense of calm. Listening to his story, I felt energised, excited, and knew then the fear of feeling deflated would not come to fruition. I had absolute faith in us, in our ability to continue to work through this, because we had overcome and overcome. It's not the big things in business that, that make it hard. It's the small things. We can overcome the big things. Kelly Bolger from Kel's Kitchen and Brew Bar had had a rough time during the 2019 monsoon and pushed through thanks to the headstrong attitude and a little help from those around her. I had met Kel a few times before sitting down interviewing her and I always admired her grit. Seeing other people succeed and that's like, why can't I have that? You know, why can't I? I just need to put in the effort. And I'm a big believer of that 1%, you know, each day just do 1%. This is the worst. Tomorrow's going to be a little bit better and then it's going to get a little bit better. So that's how I think in terms of long term is that it's not always going to be like this. Two of my next guests have been challenged by several life events that have pushed their strength to the limits. Lee Caldwell and Joe Lynham are strong women of our community and a force that we need when fighting for people with all abilities. Lee is the leader of Happy Feet Group and Joe is the author of An Angel at My Door. These women have multiple stories to inspire you. When we talk about people changing lives, look no further than Lee Caldwell and Joe Lynham. What I took out of it was I had empathy for those with a special need and you just want to be treated like everyone else and you want acceptance and inclusion. And there were times where I was just beating my head against the brick wall, you know. It's like, you can't do this, it hasn't been done, you know, you're crazy, rah dee rah And I did it anyway. And in that moment, I quietly said, thank you. You played your part so well. And I played mine so well. And now I move on. And in that moment, it was the most strange thing. I got up that morning with my shadow of fear. And I went to bed without it. So if you choose to look at it and see it as a defining moment that will forever define you, then so it shall be. But for me, that moment was not going to define me. As 
<clears throat> with Emma. Emma's business card and the signage on her car says, this business is powered by possibility, not defined by disability. For Kath Hardis, who acquired her disability in a tragic car accident, she has never let it get in the way or hold her back, but she has accepted it as a part of who she is. It, it doesn't matter what your issues are. Everybody has an issue, you know, whether it's a, a food disorder, if somebody eats too much or they've got a freckle on their face that drives them nuts. Everybody can find something to fixate on, to, to you know, go, oh, my life would be so much better if it wasn't for that freckle. Mine's a little bit more obvious than most people's, but it's still just something that you can accept, I guess, and, and go, you know, this is, this is what life is now. I can make it sound like that it's just how these people are, but being able to let struggles wash off like water off a duck's back is a skill they've developed in response to their hardships. Others have found solace elsewhere. One thing we found surprising was how many of our guests had leaned on their religious beliefs as part of their journey. The Salvation Army is a support for many people throughout the world, including Brad Whittle, who has leaned on them at several difficult points during his life and is now giving back as an officer for the organisation. In terms of our outlook on life, I just, you know, I know through Christ's experience as well that suffering is, is often a vehicle for, for beauty and for greater things. And yeah, it's always a nostalgic thing when you go through them and you look back. At the time, you don't always feel that way. But I, I think, you know, I wouldn't certainly change anything that's happened because it is, you know, it's part of who we are today and, and uh, we're richer for it. For Amanda Nixon, God is a tangible presence that guided and protected her and her family through more than one event that could very easily have turned into the gravest of tragedies. I totally believe that God was looking after me and I'm not a quadriplegic and I'm not dead because God must have more plans for me and I'm just thankful and give all the glory to him that he protected me. For Candy Dempster, religion has been a driving force throughout her career. She spent much of her life so far in the Catholic schools in both remote and metropolitan centres. She discussed some of the differences between life and education in the different settings and how her religious upbringing has informed her worldview. It's always been um, just part of my life, you know. Um, and so I suppose I find myself at home. Church is about hope. But it's all about finding those hope stories and um, I can't tell you one person that doesn't think that hope's okay. Candy's episode came near the end of the series and it was fascinating to hear her insights about the differences between communities and compare them against our own. As I mentioned back at the start, creation of this series took us beyond the borders of Townsville. One of the things we found is that the nature of the services and supports available is very different. Where Townsville is rich with organisations and opportunities, that's not the case elsewhere. The town of Charters Towers is only about an hour and a half's drive from Townsville, but it's a very different place. It's small and peaceful, but we found it to be surprisingly buzzing and an active place with a really pleasant atmosphere. In some ways, it felt like stepping back to a simpler time. No guest embodied that more than Michael Bethel from Texas Longhorn Tours, who seems as if he's stepped straight out of the Old West. He runs tours on his sprawling cattle property, as well as making saddles, and his episode was all about making his unusual business into a roaring success. I always wanted to be a cowboy, of course, but I was also a keen leather worker. I always wanted to be a saddle maker. And now, all these years later, I'm doing 
what I used to dream about when I was a kid. We know that you've got to crawl before you walk, but there's nothing wrong with crawling fast. Another rare business we found in Charters Towers was a boutique second-hand store called Second to New, which is run by a woman named Nicole, whose business was inspired by her personal experience of struggling to make ends meet. You can start at the bottom, you're not going to go any further down really if you think about it, you can either go up or down. I had not a penny to my name when I started this. It was just a thought that eventuated overnight and that night I had the business name registered and the business registered that night that I made this decision. In Charters Towers we met several inspiring people who had all faced harrowing experiences through their life. These are the everyday people we walk past in our community. One of them was Diana who experienced the lack of understanding and sympathy following the stillbirth of her daughter some years ago. Don't don't be frightened of being frightened. It's so scary to ring somebody, a total stranger. But they were wonderful, you know. I rang in this lovely lady. You know, she said, it'll be right. If it's going to be, it's up to me and I can do this. And I did. You don't know what to do in these situations until you've done them. And that's with every experience in life, I guess. You do things better and differently. Family tragedy also occurred for Elizabeth Kempster. And while she discussed that in her interview, she also delighted us with the stories about the incredible life she has spent in the bush and her mission to keep her past alive. I come from strong, a strong family. My mother nursed my father through the war, so she... She was a very strong person too. Um, So I guess I'm lucky to have inherited that. I think when my faith, when when Grant was so seriously burned, I prayed an awful lot. And that sort of, you know, I felt that there was that help, if you like. Tanya Alt is an Indigenous woman who turned the pain of her mental health into art and activism and now stands tall, immersing herself in the local community. The people are going to look at my art, they're going to see the best of me, you know, and that's what's going to come out. So, you know, I, get, I keep getting called I'm strong and all that and I'm thinking, well, I think it's just circumstance that's made me that way. Um, and, I, and I think that's where the whole um, the community um, service type thing comes from because, I, you know, I'm just a person that has, needs to help people, you know, and I have to do this and I have to do that, you know, because that's just, um, and I think that's just a byproduct of what's happened to me in my past. And I realised now there was a, a purpose for that and um, it was to prepare myself to become back to Charter Stairs and become a leader, someone that's prominent within the community through what I do and um, that all just ha- all fell into place. My interview with Katie Dunlop was an important one to me. I've always been a big believer that the community needs to be equipped to support each other when it comes to mental health. Katie also felt the same. During her interview, Katie expressed how the loss of a dear friend spurred a powerful passion for educating others on the importance of talking about mental health and finding ways to manage it through her involvement with an organisation called CAUSE, which stands for Community Response to Eliminating Suicide. That young person grew up into a beautiful, strong woman who um, took her life at the age of 23. And that she's not had the opportunities that I've had. She's not had the life that I've been blessed with, although she has made such an impact in those short 23 years. I'm so sorry that she's not here. Over to photographer Sally Batt. Her focus was on self-empowerment and self-betterment, talking about her journey to find satisfaction and joy in her own life on her own terms. You can say it simply, 
whenever you're faced with anything, it's like being kind and not right. We will give up being kind. We'll give up, we'll give up everything just to be right about something. And I had to give up a lot of times where I wanted to be, you know, I, I'm, no, I'm no angel. I still had those thoughts of, oh, that's not fair. He's whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, I'd, and I would remind myself, am I going to be right in this moment or am I going to be kind? And it, it, that's how I did it. An owner of Gold City Realty and former Charters Towers Chamber of Commerce President, Taria Barnes, spoke about how the pandemic affected the community and the value of businesses to fully embed themselves within their local communities. I felt when COVID hit, it sort of seemed like everything was at a standstill. Um, And then as soon as COVID sort of was um, getting better, then everyone started sort of jumping back in. But everyone wanted to see what it was sort of going to do to our industry. Um, But I find the town is buzzing now. While many of our conversations from Charters Towers focused on personal resilience, one of the key support agencies of the town is Prospect Community Services. We spoke to its CEO, Tiffany Hopkins, for a two-part interview. One focused on Tiffany's time with the organisation and some of the personal challenges she faced along the way. It was day 17, I remember saying to someone in special care, I actually need to talk to somebody. In hindsight, I, I think about that moment and think about all the people who probably wouldn't have the gall <laughs> or the strength to, to push for that. And I, I still wanted to communicate with everybody that I was okay because, you know, they had concerns as not just their, you know, their, their leader but as, as their friend. So it was important to let them know that I was, I was doing okay. Tiffany's second episode centred around what Prospect Community Services does in Charters Towers and how it responded when the pandemic first began to bite. Look, I think, again, we're very lucky that we are not new to the community. Um, Our staff and our participants are our best advertising. So um, we meet with people regularly, um, try to go to the schools and all the places where you would expect to find, you know, families, children, etc. As well as Charters Towers, we visited the even more remote town of Winton, where we found a tiny, tight-knit community. The small size of the town and the huge distance between things in outback Queensland means that formal supports and services are few and far between. We were surprised on our first night in Winton to find out it doesn't even have a taxi service. But that's okay, because you'll easily find Joe Blow, who's more than happy to help you get to where you need to be. A key pillar of support for the whole community is the Neighbourhood Centre. We spoke to Melissa Doyle, who is the Community Development Officer, working closely with the Neighbourhood Centre to talk about some of the programs that the local government has put in place to help the community through the droughts and tough times of the last few years. When we lose all our cattle and we've had impacts like that, that's what made the monsoon so different. Everybody in town here, though, although impacted, were more concerned with helping somebody else that they thought was less fortunate, which was great for us because as they were coming in looking to help other people, we were helping them and offering all the services that we had set up here. One of the many people who have been affected by those difficulties is Jeannie Clough, owner of the Gideon Park farming property, who spoke about what has kept her in the outback her entire life. It was horrific to see but you get on with it. It really is a good lifestyle and it's going good. Tina Elliott is a Wintonshire councillor and a cattle farm owner who lost about 90% of her herd in the 2019 monsoon floods. They've been working hard ever since to restock. I mean, the first week of it was jubilation because we were getting brilliant rain. It was beautiful. But then once we realised that that low wasn't going to shift, you, you, 
I knew deep in my stomach what was happening. My husband knew. And once that started to happen, the reality was actually sinking in. Meanwhile, Melanie Grant, the owner of the Winton News Agency, spoke about the challenges of keeping her business relevant in a changing society, as well as one of the other major issues facing regional and remote areas, the mental health epidemic. We can't understand why because we're not in that deep, dark hole. We, we can't understand because we aren't in that situation and I hope that no one has to be in that situation. You can either cry and, and just be miserable and, and depressed in, in what's happened in your life or turn into a positive and keep going and I, that's what we do. It's not all tragedy in Winton though. Geraldine Coughlin is part of a collective trying to maintain the vitality and life of the town by bringing the open-air Royal Theatre back to its formal glory. We had the pleasure of experiencing this on our trip in Winton and I recommend you do too. If we do this well, we can hand it back to community or hand it over to community and say there's another 50 years. Leonard Coit is another figure who's worked to keep the majesty of Winton alive, having overseen the rebuilding of the Walsing Matilda Centre after it burnt down in 2015. Leonard could have left back then, but he fell in love with the community of Winton and decided to call it home. You know, I love mentoring people because that's what these people did to me. And as a community, that's what we need to do in the mental health and the uh, life skills and coping sort of strategies as well. And my other comment is... As long as you can get up in the morning, breathe the sweet oxygen in the air and move, you're in front. Hilton Ward also plays a part in building the Winton community and economy, running a helicopter tour business and also participating in the organisation of some of the festivals and other celebrations in the town. This is a very strong community. I, I, I just back Winton for everything, but, you know, it's only a small community, so it takes every, everybody has to do their bit. I love the community, I love the people. It's a small town with a very big heart. The eighth brave guest from Winton is one of the town's most illustrious residents. At almost 100 years old, Rosie Archer has more than a few stories to share. Rosie was accompanied by her daughter Adele and the pair spoke about life and ageing in the outback. She taught us all to ride, she taught us all to cook, taught us to do everything. Mum was like a dynamo. I did look after the people that didn't seem to be getting a fair go to me. Tend to be some of the people weren't doing the right thing, and they, you know, the others copped it. So I used to stick up for them and try and get them somewhere. Back in Townsville, ageing and end of life planning were all things I discussed with my friend Carrie Schofield. Carrie's cancer diagnosis has led her to some beautiful learnings about dealing with tough life situations that we could all benefit from taking on board. I had to see my body as a guest house where you welcome your thoughts and emotions but it's how long you want to keep them there as to how long they stay and I'm determined not to keep my negative thoughts there. While Keisha Booth's story is very different from Carrie's, she has likewise found power in confronting the trauma that she experienced when she was younger to now help young people learn about respectful relationships and consent when it comes to sex. It's just the type of things that I wish that I got growing up because I really fumbled in a dark room with my peers trying to figure out what relationships are and the things that I value. Like I never had that conversation. 
Another person in our community who is extremely passionate about helping young people achieve their full potential is Joe, who runs Strive Lane, which is all about helping youth recognise their leadership potential. Joe is married to local journalist Kate, and the pair of them sat down with me for a memorable episode exploring their decisions to step away from their stable jobs to pursue their dreams. If there was going to be a time, it was now or never. But we're both very driven, ambitious, and if we commit to something, then we make it work. The power of it comes from having the conversations, very tough conversations as well, just being able to understand this is where we're heading and this is where we're at now. How, How can we make it work? A more downbeat episode had us speaking with Dan from Queensland Amusements. When we spoke to him, his business had been knocked about by the 2019 monsoon floods, COVID, and also an industry-wide insurance crisis. He spoke upon the difficulties of having to face one obstacle after another with limited prospects of things getting better. This has been more mentally draining than the whole of COVID. The heartache of having to tell so many people no has basically got me to a stage where I don't even answer my phone and to hear the people asking the questions and then having to explain time and time again is just like picking a scab off a wound, basically. One silver lining is that since we spoke to Dan, the insurance issue has been resolved. And from what we've seen around the city, Queensland Amusements is booming once more. That tendency to persevere and pivot towards positive outcomes is something that jiu-jitsu trainer Howney Kandini embodies. As he shared his story of having to constantly restart from nothing, he made clear his belief that energy attracts energy. You know what helped me was like, I'm not attached to material things because I already lost everything many times. When you lose everything, there's a magical thing happens. You don't need to prove anything to anyone. You live under your on standards and beliefs. Howney runs a jiu-jitsu gym, which is among the industries that have suffered the most through the pandemic, thanks to regular closures and lockdowns. Another gym owner we spoke to, Karu McKee, spoke about how postpartum depression proved to be an important part in her journey to running a gym that specialises in training new mothers, as well as the unique difficulties posed by that structure. I say this to my clients all the time is, Making it a priority to do your enjoyment things. Even if you do have a baby, bring the baby with you. Do your thing first. If you do everything else, that's a bonus. Felicity Harper was another gym owner with a unique collection of complexities. For her, the challenge of COVID almost paled in comparison to lifelong kidney problems and the unexpected arrival of her miracle baby just weeks before we spoke to her. Like, I've witness little kids in the boot camp area copying what their mum's doing and we tell a lot of mums and I have to remind myself a lot of the time too you can't um, fill a cup from an empty jug so you can't give your child the absolute best if you're not at your absolute best. Although he no longer runs a gym I also interviewed Scott Stalker about how his experiences in that industry taught him some valuable lessons about business more generally. He's taken those ideas forward since first opening a fine dining restaurant, and now Townsville's premier cocktail bar, the Osk Bar. I just find people at the most normal to the most progressive to the most interesting person out there all have unique stories. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're successful in business or they are a tradie somewhere. They're, they're, like, their history, their lives and their stories are just as unique and exciting as every person's. 
Another person we interviewed from the hospitality sector was Nancy Williams, owner of Cuisine To Go. Like so many other guests, she had stories about the monsoon and COVID, both of which were triggers for her anxiety and prompted her to seek professional help in her search for inner peace. I feel responsible for everybody and everything. And all of a sudden I'm taking everyone else's problems on my shoulder and that was it. It wiped me out. And uh, I took myself straight to the doctor and said, I can't cope, do something. My next guest is Shelley Granger from Nourishing Bites. She talked about some of the difficulties caused by the recent economic downturn, the health issues that led her to founding Nourishing Bites, and why she and her family are passionate about embedding Indigenous culture in their business. When I realised that I was rushing home from my job to create new things in my kitchen, I realised where my passion lay. And it's helped us through all the tough times of the last couple of years because Nourishing Bites is like our first baby. It's a member of the family and it's because of that that passion and, and because of how personal it is to us that we're still doing it. Nourishing Bites wasn't the only Indigenous-owned business to feature on Brave. Another was CBD Electrical's Michael Preen, who uses his position in society to guide young Indigenous people to success and give them opportunities for a fruitful trade-based career as electricians. On a personal level, I'm an Indigenous man, so I was always looking for that other guy on site, you know, that might have been another Murray fella you could have have a yarn with, but there was none around, not in our industry. Yeah, I don't know, that's what sparked me, I suppose, and inspired me to start my business originally as a contractor um, and I wanted to give um, those opportunities to Indigenous boys or girls and try and be a bit of a role model for those guys. Meanwhile, Spanner was one of the people I knew I wanted to talk to as soon as we started this project. She's a forthright, memorable woman who has broken down every barrier that stood in her way on her path to being the owner of a motorcycle repair shop from which she offers an incredible amount of support to her community. We look after each other. If somebody is in need, we will go and assist. We have people that have lost lives on motorcycles. I put their coffin in my sidecar and I will carry them to their final resting place. This is not uh, a job for me. This is a lifestyle choice. One of the most well-received episodes of Brave featured Bindle man Carl Limburner, who shared the raw and at times difficult story of his drug addiction and how he has worked to turn his life around, regain the trust of his family, and help the youth of Townsville in whatever small ways he can. I look for light at the end of the tunnel, mate, because there is some poor bugger worse than me. I don't care how hard my life has been, mate, there's someone doing it harder than me. And if I can pull myself out of the gutter, I show hope for other people. Sadness and pain I don't like, so I look for something good to give my heart, something good to feel about. Carl's story exemplifies the kind of everyday bravery that we wanted to highlight through this series. While it was always our intention to focus on business owners and how they've managed through the last few years, we also wanted to make sure we capture the stories of people who have been through hardship and find out how they've made it. I already mentioned some of them like Kath Hardis and Joe Lynham, but there were others. Former soldier Kylie Michelle, for example, who talked about some of her most trying situations while on deployment, including trying to be a parent from a war zone, as well as coming to terms with PTSD while trying to live a civilian life. My role in Afghanistan was to meet and greet every Australian and Kiwi that entered into Kabul. There was this one young girl that looked absolutely terrible 
without even thinking, I just walked up to her and I said, do you want a hug? And she just looked at me and she was like, yes. And I hugged her. Hugo Kennedy's episode tells a beautiful story of a star-crossed love, how he learned some very humbling lessons from mistakes he made trying to run away from his problems, and how all of that led him to finding his passion in making hats. I want to just say that I don't believe that I'm actually the one that's brave here. I'm not a hero. I'm not something to be looked upon on a pedestal. I'm just a a human individual that's had a few um, experiences that have um, led me here. Fiona Hansen is an energetic go-getter who doesn't seem to know when to slow down. She spent years in marketing for massive national companies before deciding to set all of that aside to start a small remedial massage business. In her episode, Fiona shared what's driven her and emphasised the importance of taking care of yourself. You know, I think everyone has that transition time where they go, time to come up for air and start looking after yourself. So um, I looked at and used a lot of um, alternate supportive holistic therapies. So one day I was lying on uh, my own therapist table a male and we're chatting away and all of a sudden you know when you have those light bulb moments in life that you just go this is it. Brave's guest list focuses on people you might pass in the street but one outlier was former Townsville City Councillor Verena Coombe. We had Verena on to share her experience as a survivor of domestic violence and how she and her children have moved past that to achieve incredible success. I think it's that you know the people see glory but don't know your story stuff. I actually had a phone call for someone. She said, well, I just want to let you know that other women need to hear your story because they don't know that you can be all the things or successful or have really good kids or whatever afterwards. It's that fear of I can't create some awesome future for myself that keeps women in these relationships. One other central focus of Brave was the supports and services that people have drawn on to get through their tough times. If you listen to the series, you'll find a huge range from the expected organisations like churches and Salvation Army to men's sheds, psychologists, books and other people. One of the guests that most embodied that was Kirsty, who drew on a huge number of supports to help her escape the mouse wheel of reoffending and reclaim her son after bouncing in and out of prison. It was hard because you're fighting your addiction as well as trying to fight, you know, your relationship battles, whether it be with your mum or your dad or your son, you know. It's just that mindset of, you know, you think the whole world's against you. After interviewing Kirsty and when she left, I remember turning to Damien, our producer, and saying, that's why we're doing this. If I've ever met a person who has utilised the services in our community for what they are intended to do, it was her. And I'm very glad that I have met her. We also spoke to representatives of some of the support organisations in the region. I've already spoken about Prospect Community Services out at Charters Towers, the Neighbourhood Centre in Winton and the Salvation Army. Others of those were the Good Box. We spoke to one of its co-founders, Gali, about what prompted her to start a social enterprise that supplies boxes of essential items to the homeless and how she made that start. I saw this person sleeping rough and I just wish there was something that I could give him that he, I knew he wanted and needed, but it was already made up. And again, I had this in my back of my mind of, I want to do something, I want to do something. And that's when I came up with the idea. We also heard from Paula LaRosa and Lynn Josie from Althea Projects, who talked about the organisation's 45-year history in Townsville, the numerous ways they help and support the community, 
and how they managed to continue offering support while also being affected during the monsoon flood. Really, when we reflect on things, we're a stronger, more capable service as a result of the experiences that we, we had during that really challenging time. We've all learnt things and we've applied them, and that's probably one of the takeaways that collectively you, you do get through it. The last to be spoken about today, but absolutely not the least among our guests, is Kaylee Downey, who runs Unlock the Locks, an organisation that advocates for and tries to improve the quality of life for children with disabilities within our community. The organisation is named after her son, Lockie, whose passing inspired her to start this organisation. She hasn't often spoken publicly about that loss, but she opened up to me in a very raw and powerful conversation. This was the interview where I truly realised how privileged I was that all our participants trusted us with their story. We all lived lucky and we all leaned on each other. We all needed each other. Everyone played their own role um, with Lockie and loved playing that role. You know, I think we all learnt so much about love and family and we're blessed. It's been an honour and a privilege to undertake Brave. We have learnt so much from everyone that we have spoken to and I want to take this final opportunity to thank each and every person who has been a part of this project with us. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it too. BRAVE is jointly funded by the Commonwealth and Queensland Governments under the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangements. This podcast is produced by Damien Lawarden.